everybody in real estate seems to have been in a state of shock in the past week. Yeah, because of the um, cash rate rise. Which everybody predicted, just about everybody predicted, was not going to happen. And then the governor of the Reserve Bank went ahead and did another one. Yes. There was a theory going around that he was concerned that all this positive talk would have a a bad effect on inflation. So he was kind of, it was like another slap just to remind us not to be going out there spending too much. Yeah, because they're desperate to cut for us to cut back our spending, really. And if there was too much positivity, people would start thinking, oh, it's nearly finished. But it is nearly finished. We all know that. There's yeah, just don't tell anybody. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about an article in the Sunday Telegraph um, that says that if you buy a certain property at a certain rate, um, you're going to be spending $17,000 a month just to hold on to it. If after, you're an investor. If you're an yeah. investor. We are going to talk about a story about a car fire in an apartment block that caused it to be evacuated and how that is related to anti-electric car campaigns. And we're going to talk about a party at a retirement home, which was a strata scheme, which has caused the fun police, as they're called by the person who wrote the article, to limit the size of parties in the retirement home. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So the Governor of the Reserve Bank, slapped us on the wrist last week to remind us not to get too excited about spending stuff. Yeah, and nearly everybody, well, I think it was about 75% of onlookers, like experts and economists and bank chiefs and stuff, were saying the rates would be on pause for that month. And suddenly we were all taken by surprise and uh, the rate went up. And he foreshadowed in his talk, Philip Lowe, the governor, that there might be more rate rises in the wings. And we all kind of know there's perhaps one or perhaps two more, mm. but most people feel that the top rate is going to be 3.85%, right. which we're at now. Right. So even if there is one more rise, it's probably going to go down again by the end of this year or very early next year. So there is cause for optimism, really. Yeah. So we shouldn't get too downhearted. But it's an interesting article in the Sunday Telegraph today which kind of wants us to get downhearted, I think, by the look of it, (laughs) because it's saying that if you made the wrong investment at the wrong time and now are faced with something like a 7 or 8% uh, mortgage rate, it could be costing you $17,000 a month. Now, the figures seem accurate enough. There's no reason to dispute them. But I think it's kind of cherry-picked the the worst case scenario. Mm. Somebody who bought a house in Kensington for $3.5 million would be paying a, on a, a 90% mortgage, would be paying $21,458 a month in mortgage repayments and only getting 4550 in rent. And there's your deficit, basically, of 17000 yeah, that's not much rent, is it? Four thousand five hundred and fifty for what would probably be a five-bedroom house, perhaps um, for three point five million. 
You would think in a very nice location as well. Yeah, when we think um, an apartment next to us, a one-bedroom apartment gets a rent of 1200 Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's always going to be the case. That's 1200 a week. A week, yeah, absolutely. Which is more than this $3.5 million right. house is allegedly <clears throat> getting. Yeah. So you kind of have to think, well, a bad investment will always be a bad investment, yeah, really, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. And it would have been a bad investment when interest rates were massive yeah. and it would be an, a bad investment when interest rates were pretty low too yeah i mean the thing is this is the perfect storm as far as property investments concerned isn't it like they bought the house when it was at its maximum you know mm. in, in the boom yeah and then they've been hit by rapidly rising interest rates for their mortgage but at the same time rents have really been going up as well yeah so most people most investment property now, especially with apartments, it's just not negatively geared because you're not making a loss. Right. Most people would be making a profit. But that, the interest rates are, are calculated into negative gearing. I don't dispute what you're saying for a second. It just feels like this is kind of worst case scenario, glass half empty journalism, really. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, rents are so eye-watering at the moment. You know, the only place where... Rents are, are perhaps not as high are in Melbourne, in the C- CBD, in the inner yeah. city for apartments. But most other places, rents are high and are still increasing. So you kind of think, well, most people who've got an investment property, if they've got a decent investment property and they manage it quite well, most people would be making it. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's always possible not to, 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 you know, to make a bad investment and not to be doing very well. That's mm. always the case. But, I mean, we're talking about the latest domain um, house price report came in to say that unit prices are bouncing back. Yeah. And it's often units are doing really well in more affordable parts of each capital city. Right. You know, like in, in Sydney, it's the southwest and the west. And yeah. in Melbourne, it's the north and west. I had no idea. Okay. And um, in, in other places, it's the outlying suburbs which where um, unit prices are, are going up by the most, really. The top unit price rise in Sydney was 15.2% for the year. And that was in the southwest Edmondson Park. I mean, that's right. a lot of money, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. And most apartment um, apartments are either going up a bit or this, their decline is decelerating. Now, you mean, you mean house prices or rent? I'm talking about, sorry, unit it's prices. It's property prices, yeah. Unit prices. Yeah. And in most capital cities, they're kind of going up. So I think there's good news out there for apartment buyers, whether investors or owner-occupiers, but you just have to be careful. I mean, you always have to be careful when you invest in a, yeah. in a property and you should do all your research and make sure it's in a location that people want to live in, it's close to other amenities, it's in a good a good state, your your property rental yeah, as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully it will be a good investment for a long time to come. But I think anybody who's invested in a $3.5 million home with the prospect of using that as a property investment, renting it out, they're stacking the odds against themselves. Well, that's right. You kind of, for $3.5 million, you've got to make a lot of money. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you're, I guess you're hoping that a rich young family will go in there <laughs> or it will be subdivided, you know, and a group of people who are sharing houses will go in. But that's really out of fashion at the moment, sharing houses. Yeah. People want to have their own space. Yeah. So four young people are much more likely to find four cheap apartments than to go into a house together if they can yeah, afford but- it. We've got a friend who's um, 
been looking for a rental for a while and he's a young guy in his 30s I think and he says it's really hard because many people advertise for women only you know if it's a private rental because you know legally you can't really do that but if you're kind of putting up notes in yeah you know message is this to share or for empty rentals yeah to share right yeah so that's really become a problem for young guys particularly. yeah, yeah. so investing is always a tricky thing but um you know, if you get it right, it's fantastic. And if you get it wrong, it can be a very expensive mistake. Okay. On the subject of parties, uh, we're, there's a, a feature, a comment piece in the Sun Herald today uh, that uh, I think is worth another look because I think the person who wrote it is is wrong, basically. Oh, I'd like you to <laughs> be critical of anyone. That's after this. Okay, there's a feature in the paper um, by Marie Badgery Parker, who is a Sydney high school teacher, it says here. Mm-hmm. Now, she has is complaining bitterly that she has recently, fairly recently, moved her father and mother into a retirement home and they looked at all the glossy brochures and the TV advertising of, you know, the silver foxes having a lovely relaxed time and thought this would be great. Her mum's in a wheelchair and her dad's getting on a bit. So, you know, it, and it does sound like, you know, it's a, a good, difficult but good choice to make, but they had to leave a big family home mm. that they'd all used to use and they'd have big family gatherings. So Easter rolls around this year and she decides that, it would be really nice to have their Easter party in this retirement home. Um, and they'd br- bring a lot of kids along to have an Easter egg hunt and there'd be some teenagers there because there's a swimming pool in the, and suddenly, you know, there's 30 people there. They're putting not offensive music. They, they she says they had, were playing Frank Sinatra songs because some of the younger people have taken up swing dancing as a as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So and they thought the older people there would like all this. Now the Strata Committee has said because of their party they are limiting social events to five or six guests at a time, mm-hmm. and she is re- referred to them as the fun police. <laughs> Which is, you know, a typical comment. I'm thinking of her as she is the problem (laughs) or her family is a problem. You cannot take 30 people of all ages into a retirement home and expect people just to put up with it. Absolutely. I mean, Especially that's, with the, lots of young kids and teenagers as well. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's signs up on the swimming pool telling people they're not allowed to do bombs or whatever they call them. But, of course... They do, because it's almost an invitation to do that. I would have thought a sensible person might have gone, you know what, 30 people in a retirement mm. home might annoy some of the people who live there. Yeah. You don't go to a retirement home to have, you know... Other people's parties. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to do that, you go to an apartment block. <laughs> but it did occur to me, the fun police, the strata committee... The same thing could happen in an apartment block. You could mm. very well have people saying you cannot have or may not have a party of 30 people around our swimming pool because there are people who live here who may not want to be part of that celebration. So I think she's being a bit unreasonable. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we live in a big apartment building and we have a swimming pool. 
I'm not aware of any big parties that have ever happened there because it's kind of would be frowned on, really. Yeah, you get people who come in and they bring a couple of their friends in and they have a bit of a swim or they mm. go into the spa or whatever. And, you know, but the worst thing that tends to happen, the two bad things that happen is some idiot takes glassware in and breaks it in the pool. So yeah. the whole pool has to be drained. Yeah. And the upside of somebody bringing a friend in is that we had a f- somebody here in our building who was really good friends with Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and he used to come into the spa. Yes. And people used to rush to the spa to, for a glimpse of Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and, and that was even before he'd done Wolverine. That's right. <laughs> He's all muscly. <laughs> the other thing we've had recently is a mysterious white substance in the swimming pool, mm. uh, which somebody thought was spilled sun cream. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's. But I guess that's unavoidable. Mm. Well, it's avoidable if you don't spill it. But <laughs> but I just think, you know, people get so sniffy about, oh, the Strata Committee have said this and the Strata Committee have stopped us from having fun. Well, no, the Strata Committee have stopped you from being idiots. Mm. And a Strata Committee usually wouldn't do things that the other owners were against. Mm. You know, you would think that the Strata Committee talked to a few other people and said, what did you think of that? And they received a lot of complaints. Yeah. And that's why they acted. Yeah. If those people who had the party felt that it was really undemocratic, they could go around to the other residents and say, what do you think? And yeah. the other residents could go back to the Strata Committee and say, no, no, reverse this ban. Absolutely. And the fact that that's not happening seems to suggest that most people would be in favour. Well, I think, look, you'll always get people in any Strata scheme that will complain about anything that's not exactly to their taste. But when you've got a party of 30 people taking over all the communal areas... And even if they are not doing anything that's terribly untoward, just their presence there mm. and kids running around, nothing, nothing annoys older people more than little kids running around, just being little kids and in this day and age, not often being properly disciplined by their parents, <laughs> if I may be so bold. Yeah, I mean, in the right setting, it's fantastic to have little kids in a retirement home. We've all seen those yeah, yeah, TV, that TV shows show, where yeah. um, little kids and, and older people form firm friendships. But little kids in a party setting are, are yeah. not going to be interested in the old people there. They're full, of, they're full of lemonade and sugar mm. and, mm. you know. the Fairy bread. Fairy bread and the chocolate from the Easter eggs that they found. Mm. It's, it's almost insane. You should call <laughs> the authorities and have them taken from their parents immediately. I am joking, of course. But yeah, I think if you are going into a retirement home, you've got to realise that people are there for a reason. Yeah. And one of the reasons they're there is they just don't want any hassle. Yep, they may be ill. They... They're just tired. Yeah, you know? sure. When we come back, we're going to talk about a garage fire uh, when a car burst into flames and how that affects electric cars. Especially, that's after this. How do you know it burst into flames? Yes, you caught me out, Sue. I was exaggerating. It may not have burst into flames. But we know there was a fire and it involved a car in an underground car park. And the building in Zetland, Sydney, had to be evacuated Mm. with all the people in the... I'm guessing the reason this story was even in here was because there's a picture of a woman in a pink negligee carrying a chihuahua, (laughs) which actually takes up more 
room than the whole story. Yeah, but the reason you thought to bring it up was that uh, lots of people were talking about EVs in car parks and, yeah. and worrying about um, the dangers of possibly bursting into flames occasionally. Well, see, this is the thing. Now, this is one of the... Everybody who is in love with the petrol engine it comes up with different excuses for why we should not have electric cars in apartments. Mm. Um, one of the reasons is that you've got to put in the infrastructure and you've got to find ways of charging the cars and you've got to find ways of charging the people for using the electricity. And, you know, but all these all these things are fixable. And we know that statistically people who live in apartments are more likely to switch to electric cars and do so sooner. But then the, this one that's come up recently in flat chat is that electric cars are dangerous because the batteries burst into flames. Mm. Now, we have seen stories in the past about these electric scooter things, you know, the... Yes, like what I've got. Like what you've got, bursting <laughs> into flames. Mm. And apparently that does happen much more often than electric cars uh, catching fire. Now, the problem with the battery fire in an electric car is it's very, very hard to put out. You can't do it using normal methods. You can use foam, can you? No, I think it's powder they have to use. Oh, wow. It's got to get a chemical reaction because what's happening with the battery is some chemical thing mm. is happening. It's not, it's a chemical fire rather than a physical fire, if that makes sense. Okay. So people say, no, well, it's really, really hard to put out and, you know, you could destroy the whole building. Now, the other side of that is statistically the most dangerous cars that you can have in terms of catching fire are petrol cars. Mm. I mean, that, that's proven in terms of the number of cars and the ones that go on fire. So if you're going to start talking about not allowing cars because they might go and catch fire... <laughs> you wouldn't allow any in. No, but mm. the ones that are apparently most risky or more risky than pure electric cars are hybrid cars. Really? Because they've got the battery and petrol. Oh, and they can, if there is a problem... Then it, if it starts, then mm. it's, it's hard to stop. Mm. But I still think hybrid cars are much less likely to catch fire than um, petrol-driven cars. So the, the battery car, people should not be concerned about electric-powered vehicles catching fire. Um, every car is capable of catching fire at some point, but mm. uh, I think when you don't have highly combustible fuel sloshing around, then the chances of it happening are much reduced. Mm, Having sure. said that, we'll probably find out tomorrow that this was an electric car, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> such is life on the in yeah. the podcasting business. Yeah. Well, there's a huge conference at the moment in Sydney on... Um, fire prevention oh, yeah. and all these fire chiefs from all over australia have been here and i only know that because i did a book about the burn surgeon professor fiona all oh, right and um her right hand woman was in town for that conference she addressed the conference and oh, we right. met up and said hi and talked about um how they're still raising money for research into burns and how to prevent burns that kind of thing so oh, right. it was just a just a coincidence no. no, I was going to say something plug for my book. Uh, you know, oh, right, yeah. Uh, gratuitous. A gratuitous. A gratuitous plug for your last book. So that was just a gratuitous plug for my last book, sorry. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't actually mention the name of the book, so that's okay. What is the book called, Sue? Oh, I think it was called Under Her Skin. There you but go. Anyway. The story of Fiona yeah. Wood. Yeah. Yes, well, this it wouldn't be a week on the podcast if you didn't plug one of your books oh, these no, days. Oh, no, No, well, I suppose I... 
Last week I did mention my new book, didn't I? What's that called, Sue? <laughs> that Bly Girl. Right. We've got the launch this week, but it came out last week. and Yeah, it's already in the bookshops. You've yep. been going around. Signing books for people. Yeah. yeah. So if you want a signed copy of Sue's book, That Bly Girl, head out to Dimmock's in Sydney in George Street, Abbey's Books mm. in York Street in Oak York Street, Street. Yeah. or Kinnacunya in the galleries opposite the QBB. Mm, absolutely. Yep. Plenty of books in there yep. with her signature on them. All right. Enough of this puffery. Um, thank you very much for breaking into your Sunday to record the podcast. It's a pleasure, Jane. And thank you for listening. We'll Thanks talk to you again much. soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Do you want to cut that all out about the books? Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Wrap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.